Welcome to New Human Living Radio Show, bringing you powerful interviews to awaken the power in you. Learn more at newhumanliving.com. And now your host, Les Jensen. So, by by the show of hands, who in the audience really knows themselves? I mean, I mean, really knows themselves. I mean, down to their bones. Raise your hand. Very nice. Very nice. Now, if you know yourself and you were to somehow document that in an accurate way, a snapshot of um, a recording, so to speak, of who you are, is that it? Are you done? In In other words, is that that idea of who you are, is that going to change over time? Or is it kind of like a destination? I have arrived, know thyself, I know myself. Or is it more of a, um, I don't want to say moving target, but perhaps an evolution, uh, perhaps a spiral, where who you are evolves over time. Hey, I'm I'm thoroughly excited about tonight's episode. The topic tonight, authenticity at your best. And our guest tonight is a good friend of mine, Ann Allen. We're going to bring Ann on in just a minute. Authenticity. Anna and I were just chatting before the show started, and she was telling me how your authenticity is not a static thing. It's not uh, uh, one and done. I have arrived, and therefore there is no more. So I, I, I think authenticity is such a... I think it's an elusive thing because if I were to look at my own life, there's many times in my, even in the last several decades, I might have had a sense of myself, a sense of who I am, and I maybe could have pinned that down, wrote it down, journaled it, or documented it. And when I look back on it, it's not that I wasn't inaccurate at the time. It wasn't that I, quote, missed the mark, unquote, had I described myself back then. It it would have been an honest and sincere reflection of who I thought I was at, at that time. But who who I am now, damn, I mean... <laughs> This consciousness stuff is a it's a uh, it's like a slippery fish it's a ever, ever evolving sense of self perhaps I I think we should get to it pretty soon here I want to give a shout out to our our listeners uh, there's been an uptick in listeners from India Welcome, and the United Kingdom has had an uptick in listeners. Welcome. We've had guests from all over the world, over and over and over again, and it's fun. It's delightful to pull in those ideas, those perspectives, those philosophies, and kind of integrate them through this ongoing dialogue that we've had on the show. I think we should get to it. Again, the topic tonight is, it's actually the name of Anne's latest book, Authenticity at Your Best, 
how to discover and uncover your true self. This book encourages readers to examine their belief systems and patterns that prevent one from living authentically, qualities that one needs to develop to truly live authentically are also discussed. Questions throughout the book lead one to know and understand their true self. Our guest, Anne, has been in private practice for the past 35 years and has worked with many clients in regard to their health, stress management, and pain management. She has a master's degree in biofeedback and holistic health. And utilizes neurolink therapy, biofeedback, and energy medicine to facilitate healing. Her own personal growth, studying from various spiritual teachers, has been essential to her own healing. You can learn more at authenticity at your best.com. Join me in welcoming Anne to the show. Anne, we finally got you on the show. Welcome. Thank you, Les. I'm happy to be here. What a what a delightful book. Why don't we start off with why you wrote the book? Well, I I wrote the book because I think we're just drowning in a lack of authenticity everywhere we look. And who can we believe anymore? It feels like our government representatives supposedly have an obligation to represent their constituents, how often they often get lost in their political power struggles and appeasing big business. And the FDA has approved drugs that later are dangerous or proved even harmless. And TV shows reflect the upside of lying and manipulation. They'll say almost anything to sell their products. So I feel like that's one of the reasons that what is authenticity and why I wrote the book. I just feel like um, we need some examples of what true authenticity is and how to find it on our, within ourselves. And that's what prompted uh, me, basically. Well, basically. I really liked your book. I think you've done a delightful job. And and I agree with you in that um, I, th- I think a lot of people don't really have a good connection to their authentic self. And uh, authenticity, I mean... I like to get clear with terms when we talk about something. So, I mean, authenticity might not be a common word for for some of our listeners. How would you define authenticity? Well, first of all, what I I think the word has been way overused and misused and not clearly understood. And I think that if we realize that we are truly unique, every single individual, we're unique not only with our fingerprints, but the sound of our voices, our DNA, our brainwaves, all make us totally unique. So the authenticity of one is not going to be the same as anyone else. And my definition of authenticity is the congruency between the inner world and the outer world. And the inner world being your beliefs, your values, your feelings, your dreams, your passions, your challenges, and your experiences. Those are all within you. And your outside world is your relationships, your work, your play, your family, the community, and the world in terms of how we communicate and behave. So here again is, is the inside world congruent with our outside world? Are we living what our inside world is all about? 
Are we living our beliefs? Are we living our values? Are we expressing our dreams? Are we sharing our passions, our feelings? Are they all being expressed in the most authentic way in the outside world? I like that. Now, the you know when when people grow up, I know it uh, sounds cliche, but when we go through our childhood and and teenage years and young adult years, oftentimes we're thrust into situations where we have to take on responsibilities that we might not have chosen ourselves. Perhaps uh, um, we lost our parents and then the oldest sibling becomes a parental figure for the other children. I mean, there's there's so many different dynamics in in how we, quote, go through our growth period. And what I'm getting at is, you know, perhaps the idea of a nurturer, um, perhaps a woman that feels like they always have to take care of people at the expense of themselves, that they have a a very strong desire to nurture other people. And what I'm getting at is when we break into the clear, I I like the, the, the metaphor of moving off to college. You're moving out of your family dynamic for per, perhaps the first time in your life. And and by doing so, you claim more freedom. And a lot of times, that's the first time in our life we're really given an opportunity to perhaps re-decide or, or take an inventory of what we would prefer and what we wouldn't prefer based on how we were raised, if that makes sense. That makes perfect sense. I think so that how, when we go ahead. I said I think that when we um, are being first of all our parents or or whoever raised us, and then our our teachers, any anyone in authority, our ministers, our priests, our culture, our society, our te- the television, um, all of these all of these impact our beliefs and our values. And unless we examine them and and not just take them on as truth, um, we're not really living who we are. And as you say, I think when we leave the home and go off to college, we're all, this is a whole new world that we're exposed to. But is it the world that is ours or is it the world that is being imposed upon us? I think those are two things that, I like to talk about authentic truth versus unexamined beliefs. How do we how do we discern what is really true for us as opposed to the world around us? Well, how do we do that? Well, we start examining just the beliefs and our patterns in our world and and become critical uh in terms of what we what we've been told, not critical maybe isn't the right word, but at least examine what we've been told and find out, does this resonate with me? Does this feel right to me? Does my body feel good um, regarding any particular belief or, or pattern, good or bad? Do we, how, does, how do I feel when uh, I hear a certain statement or someone else's belief? Does it feel right to me, or or do we just go along and assume and take on what we're being told by our, possibly first like by our parents and then by our culture, our society, or what's on TV? We're being told we're constantly being told what to believe and what's right and who we should listen to and what we should do. But how do we know, other than just examining that within ourselves? And there's many many ways in which we have unconscious beliefs that we don't even know about. And I mentioned in the book, Joey Klein, 
has written a wonderful book called Inner Matrix. So it gives you step-by-step ways of finding out what's an unconscious belief that you never even knew you had. Um, And then there's another way of looking at negative beliefs, which is writing down everything that you've been told that's negative in your childhood especially, but even later on, and then discern whether that belief is still active in your life. Is it still influencing your life? So there's there's a lot of ways that you go um, to figure out and discern whether what is your belief and what feels right to you. And that's part of what the book does because there's so many questions that are asked that maybe you haven't even thought about or ever been asked. And that, I hope, will help you discern what is true for you. Nice. Well, you know, the the idea of, uh, like I mentioned, the oldest sibling being thrust into a parental role where they had to be responsible, they had to be disciplined. I mean, they, they had to more or less hold it together, so to speak. And then the responsibility is lifted and maybe they're out on their own now. And they might have the tendency to do anything but be responsible, maybe even have some resentment towards being thrust into responsibility. And that might perhaps act out in irresponsible ways. How do we, I mean, I I get the metaphor of, I get the image of a pendulum where perhaps in the center we're the most authentic and early in our life, the pendulum is dragged up to one side or the other, and, and we're kind of forced or pushed into a role we didn't choose, per se. And then we we find ourselves uh, um, free of that role and, and some freedom, and we might tend to swing the pendulum past the center to the other side. How do we... Um, how do we know that we found center? In other words, if I've if I've been required to be responsible, how can I know that um, I've I've found that authentic space without at least exploring the other side of the pendulum, so to speak? Well, I think that a lot of times we do explore the other side of the pendulum, so to speak, but I think. For me, and I think for a lot of other people, how we feel in our bodies, if we're even aware of how we feel, I think gives us an indication of what is our truth. Um, Oftentimes, um, you'll just feel good about a decision. You know that that was true for you, regardless of of anything different in your world or any other belief systems in your world. I think you have to experience um, what does it feel like? How do I feel when I expound on a certain subject or talk about a particular belief or say what I believe? I think we have to know how does this feel with with my soul, with my with my body, with my uh, emotions? Do I feel good about what I say or do I hesitate and I don't really understand what I'm saying? Is that a true belief or is it just something we're experimenting with? I don't think we, I don't think we um, have probably experienced a lot, a lot of what our body feels like when we are being as truthful and honest and to the, our core as we probably should be, because we have so many distractions in our world. But it's difficult sometimes to to know, and that's where our experiences and our challenges. Um, come in to help us, this feels good or this doesn't feel good. This feels right to me and this doesn't feel right to me. I think those are the ways that we discern what's our There's a a tendency in our culture, uh, I call it the white picket fence. It's like uh, go to school, get a job, have a career, retire, and... um, if 2020 did anything, it kind of tipped that on its head in that 
Um, or, or perhaps uh, uh, religious connotations have a template of righteousness. And w- what I'm getting at here is, is since authenticity is defined from within us, how um, how do we know if if we're really being authentic to ourselves? I know you talk about um, weighing it uh, with our body, uh, seeing how it feels, but I get the the sense that humanity is is hungry for a a new narrative, a, a new dynamic, That's- and uh, a lot of the change we're going through is is to kind of uh, stir up ourselves, stir up. I mean, the, the last couple of years have been, I like to think of it as the rototiller to the collective consciousness. Uh, wh- well, I think the, it has been, and that's, that's a positive, I think, in terms of, of looking at ourselves within. You know, I think that the reason I wrote the book was to help people uncover their own truths and ask, ask the hard questions um, to themselves and to uh, not be afraid because we live in fear, fear of losing control. Uh, we, we live in fear of not getting what we want. We live, live in fear of losing what we have. If you look at every fear, they'll fit into those three categories. And so rather than to risk some of losing what I have or not being in control or not getting what I want, we develop patterns. And these patterns then overshadow who we are as a person and how we would normally respond because we're afraid of isolation, of rejection, of being criticized, so many different things. So we stay in the in what we think is safe. And so you have to examine all of that. And that's why I ask so many questions in the book to help you, to help one uncover what their real answers would be in the privacy of their own heart so that they can then see where they have not been authentic and how it might how they might respond or react in being authentic. Nice. Sure. Well, if, if fear plays such a substantial part, how do we heal our relationship with fear? Because to embody a, a, a new narrative, a new dynamic for ourselves, especially when, uh, the whole society is going through so much upheaval. I think fear has been a very prominent aspect for a lot of people on the planet. How do we, how do we heal our relationship with fear and be able to move through something that might be very fearful for us in order to become more authentic? Well, one of the things that I, outline in the book is qualities to develop. These qualities help us to um, move, have the courage actually to um, triumph over fear, over any kind of fear. You know, courage is not just, it is not the absence of fear, but triumphing over it. And so, um, it's it's not always easy. It can be very, very difficult. But in the book, I talk about a lot of qualities to be developed that we may have developed them in some areas of our life, but not in others. So in some areas, they may be underdeveloped or not developed at all. And so as you go along and understand some of the qualities, it would help to enhance I think more and more of your living and authentic life. As an example of that, I'd like to talk about judicious communication. A lot of people don't even know what that means, but 
it's more than just telling the truth. It's all about communicating, saying what you mean, doing what you say, what you say um, how you talk to yourself. Are you respectful? Do you have a negative self-talk? Um, how do you listen? Do you, do you interrupt others? Do you speak more than other people? Um, do you listen at all? Do you, do you listen with a voice of, or do you speak with a voice of authenticity or authority as if you know it all? Um, what is your body language, your tone, um, the timing of what you're, you're saying or speaking? Um, I think that there's so much to learn, and that's just one quality um, that one can look at and, and examine that activity or how they act in their life or how they communicate in their life and say, well, I do some of this well, but some of it I could improve upon. And as they improve, um, that's just one of the qualities then they are living more authentically. But oftentimes they don't even realize or have an idea of um, how they're behaving or acting or communicating in, an, in a lack of authenticity or an inauthentic way. That's only one of the qualities. There's a lot of qualities that I think are important to develop courage probably being the most important because as you become more courageous and you are allowing the fear to take a back seat so to speak then the more that you speak up and say what you mean and do what you say and um, develop these qualities it feels good that's when it feels good in the body it feels good to um, be who you are and I think we respond on a very deep level to that. So that's how I would answer that question. I like that. So if if you're in a relationship uh, uh, with a, perhaps a beloved and um, 2020 cracked you open, perhaps both of you, or when, when you go to change... When you go to become more authentic, when you're when you haven't been authentic, that requires change in your persona. And I like what you said about courage, because if you've been a, a proverbial doormat to other people and you haven't been able to stand up for yourself in a in a relationship of any kind, but uh, perhaps in an intimate relationship. It can take some. Uh, it can take some real, real courage to say, you know what? I know I've said yes a hundred thousand times, but I want to say no now, because it, it's kind of spooky if if you change who you are in a relationship. There's some unknowns there because there's somebody else on the other side of the coin. And they might be kind of fond of how things were. So courage, courage is a is a really powerful element to to be Even, able to give yourself the voice you need to speak more authentically. It's probably expression of integrity at its very at its very core. Courage is. And, you know, it's the, compa- the capacity to stand your ground and to say no when the whole universe wants you to say yes. Those are- when, the, when the whole universe wants you to say yes. I well, love, or anyone. I, no, no, I, no. I think you hit it on the head. Because humanity hasn't really been congruent with itself. I mean... We were in a coma of sorts in 2019. We were very um, inauthentic as a culture. We had, I mean, just look at uh, um, so many industries. Uh, people are are uh, struggling with a sense of authenticity. And, and like I was mentioning, uh, humanity's trying to birth, well, humanity is birthing a, a new idea, a new 
dynamic, a new narrative for us all to live in, and we we are the vehicle of that change. So if in my authentic heart, I think, I don't know, I'm just making it up, the education system or religion or something isn't congruent with me, and I feel a more congruent idea of what that can look like, I am literally rocking the boat, so to speak. And and that's how the change we really need at a deeper organic level as a collective is going to show up in individuals. The, the new dynamic is going to come out of individuals from the inside out. And when you get that inspiration to do something completely different than the past, that's exactly it. You are You are breaking the narrative of everyone else. That's why people oftentimes don't have the courage to do that. They're fearful. They don't want to lose the partner or the spouse or they don't want to lose their job. They're afraid of losing what they have, of not getting what they want. And so they do all kinds of patterns usually of manipulation or whatever it might be to keep the status quo because it's, it's scary. I think living authentically is not an easy thing when you truly examine um, your world and your life and how you live, how you think and how you communicate and how you express yourself. All of those things are so important. But when you, um, for instance, if someone is an alcoholic and they decide not to drink, that creates a whole different dynamic within the structure of their family. And it sometimes it's, it's not well accepted, or sometimes it's well accepted, but one never knows how the other person or the other group or the other, um, you know, the boss, whoever, is going to respond when you are truly honest in your expression and authentic. So it, it's not easy. It takes a lot of courage, and it continues to take courage every step of the way. It, it's not like I just develop it and then I have it. It takes more and more things come up and then you have to say, this is who I am, whatever it entails. And allow oneself to be vulnerable, that's another really hard thing. You know, a lot of people think of vulnerability as, as being a weakness and yet it's probably one of the most accurate measures of courage that there is. And it it involves risk and uncertainty and emotional turmoil, but it's part of being authentic um, and being honest about emotions and feelings. And and it's not easy. It takes courage. So I think there's a lot of qualities mentioned in the book that if really developed would lead one to be a very authentic person and have the courage to live in that in that world of authenticity. But we have to first know what what who we are inside to live that way. And we we haven't had a lot of examples in our outer world of authentic people. And certainly we're not given that when we watch television and all the exterior things that I mentioned at the beginning. We don't have a, a lot of Examples of real, authentic people expressing themselves in the world. Well, then, let me play the devil's advocate. Um, aren't we just being selfish if we put our um, our authentic desires first? I don't think we're being selfish at all. I think we're being real. And our authentic desires are, I don't see them necessarily as desires. I see them as qualities. And I see them as living a life that is true to your, your, your soul. And I think in doing that, we're giving to the world, not being selfish, but offering to the world a greater sense of integrity, a greater sense of value, and a greater sense of who we are as a person. And 
because we're so individuals and unique, every person has something to offer and give to the world. So that's how I would respond to that statement. Beautiful, beautiful answer. I love that. Now, um, you have a meditation. Um, I think this might be a good time to, um, to enjoy that. For those of you who are listening, I'd like to do a meditation that is actually in the book. And I'm going to shorten it to some degree because of time constraints. But it has some questions to ask yourself. Um, And so I'd like you to start by closing your eyes and deeply breathe, taking one deep breath after another, breathing in love and breathing out whatever doesn't serve you. And just feel your heart expand and your body relax as you do this. And I'm just going to mention some various muscle groups to relax. And notice if you have tension there and allow those muscles to let go. Start with your forehead, your eyes, your muscles deep within your eyes, your jaw, and your back. And go to the muscles in your neck, the front of your neck, your shoulders, your upper arms, your lower arms, and hands. Now see the muscles at the top of the spine and go down through the shoulder blades, the waist, the hips, your stomach, your thighs your legs, and your feet. And while doing this meditation, intend for it to be a time of renewal and exploration as you're guided to recover that which needs to be healed, to uncover your hidden gifts, your talents, your dreams, your passions, And most importantly, to uncover and discover more fully what is good, what is true, and beautiful in the world. Will you choose to be the you who you were intended to be at the moment of your soul's very inception? Will you accept what God had in mind when you were breathed into being? Use your own free will to align with heaven's will. Set the intention to allow the creation through the unique vessel that is you, yours and that is you. And now take several more deep breaths as you think about this intention and these questions. And just let your core self be revealed to you. Commit yourself to be open, to learn, and to grow as you celebrate your your uniqueness and your authenticity. And now just come back and just think about what God had in mind when you were breathed into being and what you have to offer as your unique, authentic authentic self. Well, very nice. Well, Anne, how does... How would you describe authenticity for yourself? In other words, if you were to daydream yourself um, years ago when in hindsight you could see you were not authentic to yourself and then fast forward to now, what? how has authenticity changed your life experience? 
Well, in examining my authenticity, I really could see the pattern of pleasing being a huge part of of motivation for what I, why I lived my life and what what I did, and that kind came from my childhood. I think I was pleasing my parents. Um, I was one of those nurturing children who was the oldest of seven, seven, and in many ways was like a mother to my six siblings. We were very close together, had lots of responsibility, and so I um, felt I was a, I was needed. I just didn't feel I was loved, and so I think I pleased, uh, lived my life pleasing people so that I would be loved. And when I began to see that, I really had to ask myself, am I doing this to please someone or am I doing this because it's coming from my own soul? And is this something, whether it was going to a movie with a friend or whatever, am I, why am I doing it? What's motivating me? And becoming very clear on the answer to myself. And it has changed a lot of ways. I don't feel uh, the stress that I put myself under prior for one thing. And it just feels good to do what I feel I want to do because my soul is calling me, not because I want to please someone. So that would be probably one of the most impactful ways that I feel I have changed from not being authentic to being more authentic. I was raised Catholic uh, in a, pretty strict Catholic home and um, really believed there was more to that, to my expansion in terms of a philosophy of life and a belief system. And so from going to the Catholic school and following all of those rules and regulations and beliefs, I began to expand to a very much more expansive, I feel, for myself, um, way of life and philosophy of life and way of being. And I don't fault the Catholic Church. I I felt it was a springboard for me to learn um, that I really wanted to live a spiritual life and have um, the spiritual um, belief systems that felt right to me be uh, uppermost and most important in my world. And that, from when I was uh, a child going to Catholic school and a Catholic college, has changed greatly. And I feel very comfortable with the philosophy that I feel I live with, which, again, is not, is not just today. I mean, that could change tomorrow, given new information, given new experiences. So it's a continual curiosity of what is, authentic. And writing this book helped me to really uncover a lot of different aspects of myself, just going through the questions and answering them, being as honest as what I knew at the time to be true for me. So it's an ongoing process. It's continual. And we slip back into old habits once in a while, but still, um, I just want to keep growing and moving forward and being more and more authentic to my soul and to my way of being in the world. Hopefully that answers your question. Well, it does. And I I find it curious, you were the oldest of seven and I'm the youngest of seven. And we both have found authenticity to be a, a, a vehicle that helps us um, live a more authentic life. And I I grew up in a Mormon household, which is, in my perspective, very similar to the Catholic dynamic. So uh, I think we have um, interesting similarities in our our family dynamics. And I also like what you just said about you you hold an open 
idea of what being authentic is so it can grow and evolve with you. Is is there a, a, a vehicle of change? I mean, I, I guess what I'm, I'm looking at is if if I'm listening to the show now and I want to be more authentic with myself, do you find that there's uh, ways to c- kind of pull it out of us? Like uh, perhaps we've never been in the limelight and we could enter a talent show or perhaps we've never allowed ourselves to do this or that and and we pull ourselves out of that dynamic by engaging in um, opportunities we never would have chosen before how do we how do we break the mold from the past well I think what you're suggesting is new experiences and certainly that helps to break the mold um, I think I think awareness, becoming aware is one of the most important things of what your patterns are and what your beliefs are and how they're influencing your life and how they um, contribute to the way that you express yourself in the world. Um, I think having a belief in something greater than oneself is helpful. I think... um, I think these are all ways to sort of heal the wounds, ways to um, become more in touch with what is real within ourselves. I think having, finding joy and meaning. Um, when were you last challenged, surprised, inspired, touched or moved by something? That gives you an idea about what, what actually is meaningful and brings you joy. Um, how do we give and receive love? That's another way of um, understanding ourselves better um, because that's part, part of why we're here is to give and receive love. So what do we, how do we express that and how do we, um, how do we know, you know, what brings us love? back to that feeling inside, what feels good to us. But, and just living a wholehearted life, I think is, is these are all just healthy things to do that make us feel good and I think enhance that soul within. Um, embracing life with zest and passion and living life to the fullest. Um, having a purpose. All of these things help us, I think, to live more, more wholeheartedly and more um, more aware and also more complete and more whole in every aspect of our life. And I think if we, I, I would suggest reading the book, of course, because it will bring up a lot of awarenesses. And in doing that, that's that's one of the first things that will help us move forward and and help us to live more authentically. Nice. I like that. Uh, amen. I mean, um, I hold my authenticity in very high regard. In, in other words, um, I, if I find myself being pressured to be inauthentic with myself, it's much easier for me now to choose authenticity and let the consequences be what they may. And and I know that um, um, it, it's taken me a while to get here. I mean, it just wasn't an overnight discovery or... or um, development of myself but like I said I hold my authenticity in in very high regard and and it it's not available for other people to fuddle with and uh, and that's why I'm really delighted to have this episode with you 
Now, in your bio, it talks about you working with clients regarding their health, stress management, and pain management. Do you think that um, by becoming more authentic with ourselves that perhaps our stress and whatnot would shift accordingly? Without a doubt. I think one of the the most stressful parts of our life is when we're not authentic, when we are living someone else's life, so to speak, or someone else's beliefs. And in doing stress management, one of the major questions would be uh, in an intake, you know, how, what's important to you? What do you hold as sacred? What fundamental principles do you live by? And asking people sometimes these questions just throw them. They don't even know what what the answers would be. But until we can be clear on what that is, and, and each person is different, of course, how can we live authentically? It's almost impossible. We have to really examine, again, what we believe and how we feel and what feels right to us. Um, and then we're free. We're free to live authentically. We don't have to worry about what people are going to say or if I'm going to be isolated. or um, Because all of those things can all happen. But I think the freedom that one feels in living is what's important to your health and to your well-being. I like the, the notion of freedom. Uh, as you talk, I, I sit here and and try to articulate what authenticity has done for me. And and that there's a deep sense of peace within my persona. And I think perhaps that is because my ego or mind, so to speak, has come around. <laughs> it wasn't always an easy thing when I, when my, Soul told me to write a book. My ego argued with it. But um, when I honor that authentic impulse, now I, I love to write. And and I want to stay authentic to myself. And as you describe, it's an ever-evolving aspect of ourselves. So it's, it's really an ongoing journey um, without end, isn't it? It is. That's for sure. Ongoing every day. Unlocking again. You know, how are we changing? Because we're changing every single day. And the energies that are coming on the planet right now are, I think, calling us to really be more authentic, to know ourselves, to know our soul, to know our inner being, and to express that in the outer world to help each other move through a lot of what I think we're called to do at this time. I think we have a mission to shift the energies from some that have been very negative to positive. And I think we're all being asked to move into a more positive and authentic way of being and help others to do the same. Very well spoken. I like that very much. Well, we're getting towards the end of the episode. I also understand you have a poem you would like to share. Would you like to share that with us now? I would. This is a poem that a woman here in Colorado wrote. um, And it was sent to me, and she allowed me to put it in my book. But it's called What If. What if I was me and no one else? And nothing changed, yet everything changed. Just from being who I am, and what if I laughed and knew I finally got it right? With my yes and my no, following only me and being one of a kind, I added to this world the only thing I had to give and found the world had need of another true me. It's only a what if for now, at least in the now of yesterday, today is the now of eternity, and what else can there be 
but me being me and living me and laughing at who I thought I had to be yesterday. Very nice. I like that. That's very nice. Well, an hour can go by pretty fast. I want to make sure that you share your your website, how to, how to get your book, and anything else you'd like to share with our audience. Can you do that now, please? Well, the name of the book is Authenticity at Your Best. It can be ordered through Amazon or Barnes & Noble. Um, my website is annallenbook2gmail.com. And, you know, I, you can uh, call me if you have any questions or anything. I'm happy to answer any questions. That's well, very nice. All. And I want to thank you for being our guest tonight. I have very much enjoyed this episode. Thank you, Les, for having me. I appreciate it. We've been talking with Anne Allen, and the topic tonight is the title of her latest book, Authenticity at Your Best. You know, I really like this book. The the questions that she asks in this book kind of drag you out of your your day-to-day um, patterns. The the insights that these questions will bring your mind to the 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 way the book pulls uh, pulls you out of your patterning, so to speak. Anna's written a very nice book here, and I and I give it a two solid thumbs up. This is the, if you want to have a more authentic relationship with yourself, I think this book is a very good mechanism to help just that happen. Wow, what an exciting time to be alive, huh? It's uh, <laughs> just like Anne said, it's the, uh, well, and the poem reiterated, you're here to be you. I mean, period, end of story. Not somebody else, not some template, not some some measuring stick that somebody came up with. You're here to be you. And the more you honor that, the, the better you're going to feel about yourself. And I suggest, man, I I think our souls are, are such a vast, uh, multidimensional aspect of ourselves. And to perhaps heal our relationship with our soul where we honor we honor the the vision of our soul we honor the the purpose of our life that our soul chose when we show up for ourselves that can feel really really good once you've tasted that once you've you've drank from the cup so to speak I think it changes the whole dynamic of of the trajectory of your life. It becomes much more exciting, much more um, compelling. Um, I I can't imagine living any other way. I I don't know how I pulled off so many years being inauthentic. So, hey, I want to I want to thank you, the listener. For showing up for yourself. Here we are at the end of the episode, and you're here too. You've shown up for yourself. I want to thank you for doing that. It's it's when we show up for ourselves that um, we grow. We become more authentic. I'm your host, Les Jensen. Always a pleasure. Until next time. Thanks for listening. I'm your host, Les Jensen. You've been listening to a new Human Living Broadcast. If you're a spiritual seeker, you're going to eventually bump up against your relationship with God, especially if you grew up in some of the more classic Western religions. Forgiven Sinner, God's Last Savior, is a spiritual book written for spiritual seekers. 
to help them heal their relationship with God and more fully embody their own life purpose. Forgiven Sinner, God's Last Savior. Get your copy. I'm your host, Les Jensen. Thanks for listening. Until next time. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.